Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. It's very cold, essentially. That is the news we have for you at the top of the show. Cold up and down the country and that is not what we want for good racing at Newbury, Friday and Saturday. Some of the races on Friday on ITV and the big races on Saturday on ITV. And we've got Newcastle, of course, with the Fighting Fifth and they will be battling against the weather gods as well. I am joined, as always, by Daryl Carter, Tony Calvin and Dan Barber. And Tony, we're going to dive straight into that weather watch because this week of all weeks is very important. Do you think racing is going to go ahead at both venues? What is the forecast? Uh, well, we've got a 7.30. We're recording this at 3 o'clock, just before 3 o'clock on Thursday. We've got a 7.30 uh, inspection at Newbury on Friday morning. Um they're due, it's not meant to go above freezing until 11 a.m. tomorrow morning on Friday morning. So I think they'll be inspecting again later in the morning once the once the frost covers are up. Um, Saturday looks even more grim. Now I've got I've got it's still being f- minus four at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, and of course they've got to pick up the frost covers on Friday night and put them back down again before the frost gets in the ground. So. Um, and they start really early. They start before 12 o'clock on Saturday. So hopefully we'll get it there. But I'm a bit sceptical. Do you think, Tony, that just a quick one, that even Newcastle as well, their tone in the BHA website is almost a bit defeated itself. You know, only this high, just this amount. Do you know what I mean? Well, well, the Newcastle, Newcastle's even worse. Well, obviously forecasts vary, but this is pretty across the board. Newcastle, it's still meant to be minus five at 9am on Saturday morning. And <laughs> it's not meant to get above freezing till midday. And the problem they got there is the first race is at 11.35. So the I think we need the forecast to be much better than they currently are. Uh, otherwise, they might be in a bit of trouble. We're, we're going to be, we're going to be, it's going to be late morning inspections i think and, and the problem you've got is you've got three we'll come on to it you've got three doubly declared in you know the coral gold cup and the rehearsal i mean they're going to sit midway between newbury and newcastle where would that be anyway hopefully i'm not overly pessimistic but the forecast suggests that it might be odds against but hopefully not Okay, well, that's a bit of a disappointing start to the show. I very much hope, like you all do, I'm sure that racing gets the go-ahead, but that, those sort of numbers, is a bit uh, worrying. But anyway, we are going to plough on and preview the racing that we hope will happen. Uh, We've got just a few races to cover on Friday from Newbury. So, Daryl, I'm going to kick off with you and the 115. This is the Phillies Juvenile Hurdle. It's over the two miles and just that half a furlong. And Wadu is your 8-13 to favourite over from Ireland for Gordon Elliott, Jack Kennedy. That excellent race at Down Royal already in her book when we last saw her. And she's just been very progressive, essentially, since going hurdling. She's taking on Max of Stars, 13-2. to uh, how do you say the French horse's name? Is it Saisi Sant? I think Saisi Sant. At eight, we're asking the wrong person. Who won, <laughs> yeah, who won? At, who recently won at Ludlow on her UK debut? She was very impressive. But this is a much deeper race. Those are just top three in the market. But Woodu, very short price favourite to kick things off, Daryl. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. I think she'll win. I think she'll win well. Um, she ran a, a really nice figure over at uh, Dan Roll when putting well clear with, with Cossack Catch. Uh, <laughs> it was a really, really strongly run race, married up very well to the listed race on the card. That was won by Magic Tricks. 
Um, I think this this filly is uh, is definitely earned the rating that's next to her name of 130, and I think she's going places. Interesting to see Jack Kennedy come over this ride. Short price, but uh, I think this one is one not to be taken on, in my opinion. Love it. Simple start, Dan from Daryl. Do you concur with his thoughts? Uh, no, I don't have a view in this race. You didn't. Bad start from me. So then we'll just go straight over to TC and avoid that. Um, <laughs> TC, what about you in here? Are you in agreement with Daryl? You got the same question Dan got. Yeah, I think well, he's the obvious favourite, eight to thirteen. It's interesting that Elliot actually name checked this race in um, in early October after after the penultimate win. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously she's got the best uh, form and time claims, but. I thought Max of Stars is is the each way angle. Um, sportsbook a bottom price at thirteen to two. Um, I might chuck a few quid at her um, if she gets a bit bigger. There, she is fifteen to two elsewhere. But I just think, even though she got three pound penalty, she's the clear clear best of the rest um, on any measure. Um, yeah, I you know the the form of the market raising win last time has been frank since by the second and the third and fourth have run well in various disciplines since as well in defeat um obviously we haven't got the betting without yet and i've just seen the two firms that have gone up betting without have gone 11 to form max of stars which is huge uh when i did my column last night on friday's racing i thought max of stars would be a better two to one or bigger without so 11 to four is massive if the sports book opened about anything like that max of stars without would be my premier bet in the race okay uh, to kick things off then in the without markets. Daryl, let's move on to the John Franklin Novices Chase to 150 on Friday over the middle distance of two miles and the four furlongs. And we get to see Hermes Allen make his chasing debuts 11 to four at the top of the market, straight into a grade two. But of course, we've seen Paul do this already this season. The horse that was, a, you know, when you look back, he was favourite for the Ballymore at nine to four. He was favourite at Aintree at three to one as well, beaten on both those occasions. But so much ability in his back catalog. He's taking on the incredibly progressive Nickelback at four to one. Marble Sands in there at thirteen to two. Colonel Mustard over from Ireland seven to one. Those are just your top few. There's only six runners though. But as it's a novice chase, I thought I'd gift you Daryl the start yeah. here because I know how much you love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to take on Hermes Allen. He was due to start back last month, obviously so, so, uh, suffered a little bit of a setback. Um, Paul's actually written about him in his column uh, on, on the Betfair website. You can go and read that. But he says that he uh, he thinks he'd improve for the run. Um, I, I know you mentioned he was a favourite for the Ballymore, etc. But I'm not entirely sure he was a worthy favourite, in all honesty. that we know he's a talented horse. This is a completely different discipline now. Um, so he's got a blank blank canvas and he's gotta he's gotta go again. And he's priced up on on that hurdle rating of 148. And I just don't think a, a few of these are not far behind at all. So I'm happy to take him on at, at the top of the market. I thought Nickelback was interesting. He started to tire at Warwick last time. I think he's a two-miler and I think he looks a sharp turning track. So I'd be against him with perhaps his stamina um, being ebbed away at the finish here at Newbury. I was with Marble Sands. Um, I liked this chase debut at uh, Air last time, beat a couple of improvers, but did it in a very good time, much quicker than uh, Famous Bridge on the card, who went out and won at Haydock at the weekend, much quicker on a certain time, much quicker from four out to the finish. And this horse hasn't got too much to find with with uh, Hermes Allen. He's got a great record when the ground is is on the quicker side rather than on the deeper side i think he's progressive um and with that run under his belt stepping back up in distance i think that's another positive for him as well so 
was quite keen on Marble Sands. I thought Titan Our Belts was interesting at a bigger price. Couldn't have Colonel Massey jumps out to the right for me. So, yeah, Marble Sands, I thought was a solid bet, decent price at 13 to 2 to uh, take on Hermes Allen. Lovely. Dan, are you taking on Hermes Allen? Yes. Um, he re- does remind me of Brave Man's game, you know, physique, athleticism, etc. I think you struggled to split those two if you, if you stood next to them. But Nickelback is a real spoiler. I mean, he's, he's going to know he's had a race here, isn't he, Hermes Allen? Because Nickelback has one way of going. And I do agree with Daryl. I think ultimately he's got such, goes with such gusto, Nickelback. It's hard to believe he won't prove a, a very smart two-miler. In the interim, he's going to make sure this is a properly run race. That makes me more confident in Marble Sands as the one to be with. But I am going to keep No Ordinary Joe on side if he's anything like the price they've got at the minute. Outstanding record, fresh. Boeing won on him first time out last season, the only time that he's ridden him. He's a chasing type as well. Um, He's got really solid top-end handicap form and they're happy to chance him first time out over fences in a grade two. So I'll keep him on side at double figures. I thought that was quite generous. But yeah, I'm with Daryl Marble Sands. He did it at two miles of air, but he's got loads of form over further. Probably a very promising start that I thought, considering the trip and his lack of experience, and he still passed that test. I'm also like Daryl. I can't have Colonel Mustard. Flatbread horse, nearly nine. I don't think he's got that much scope for better. So I'm okay. hoping... I'm hoping Nickelback does what he does. Hermes pays for chasing him and it's set up for the other two. Okay. Marble Sands getting very positive votes then from the boys. TC, uh, are you with or against him with that view? Um, well, Hermes Allen, I mean, the fixed odds price will catch up with the exchange price. Hermes Allen is currently 2.68. So, you know, it's he, he could well go off 2-1, to one, couldn't he? Uh, what was your odds on earlier in the week, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, like, he's 11 to 10 with the sportsbook now, and he's, he's 6 to 4 elsewhere, but uh, they just probably exchange tracking for very little money. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with Nickel back here. Uh, falls with the sportsbook's the biggest price, it's 5.2 on the exchange. Um, I think he, I thought he did very well to win at, Sand, at Stratford last time. Um, officially soft ground, but time form as it is heavy. I thought he probably won in spite of the ground there. Uh, go back and have a look at his uh, previous win on good ground in a much better time. I think that I think this surface will, will see him a lot better. Um, yeah, I, I think the the forms the handicap wins have been franked by even in defeat by Candu Kid and History Bear yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean the only beer, I, I he's quite a strong bet for me at fours. I mean the only problem is that I don't want Hermes Allen to go up there, and I definitely don't want Titan our belts to be snapping his ass. But no, I thought Nickelback on better ground. Um, no stamina problems for me. Uh, I thought four to one was was the bet in the race. Okay, slightly different views then, but everyone going away from the favourite. Let's move on to the two twenty five two miles four furlongs. It's the handicap chase, and the aforementioned can do kid is your eleven to four favourite currently, sort of vying for favouritism with Ferrero Bamboo for the Venetia Williams yard, who's now seven to two. Sailor well in away in there for Skelton at eleven to two. His seasonal reappearance. Car Philippe in there for Fergal O'Brien at six to one. Next best after that is Iron Bridge, the big bite at a bigger price. Um, TC, I shall start with you here, seeing as you've already mentioned Can Do Kid, mentioned Can Do Kid, um, and that form line with Nickelback from a couple of starts back. He's franked it since when we last saw him at Newbury, but can he go one better here? Could do. Very open race. Uh, when I looked at this race, yesterday morning 
Frere Bambera opened up nine to four with the sports book, which is which he drifted out to five to two yesterday, and then there's now seven to two. Seven to two is probably around about his price. Seven to two was the price I was looking for. Um, right. I think it's I think it's a very fair price. Um, ran really well in the Grand Theft on his return, unexposed over over the trip. Um, yeah, and obviously the stable going very well. Yeah, I thought seven to two was very fair. I mean, I wanted to be with him yesterday, but the price wasn't there. But seven to two. Around about four point six on the exchange, so it's very, very competitive. That seventy-two, yeah, I'd be with Ferrero Bombo to finally break that losing spell. But so, like I said, off a mark of one hundred and thirty-three able trip, I think he should excel at. Um, he's got a winning chance. It is quite a deep race. I mean, I wouldn't go overboard, but seventy-two is was the price I was looking for. What about you, Daryl? Ferrero Bombo, TC's happy with, as I said at the top. The market currently is Candy Kid 11 to 4, but in that wide open race, you must have something away from those top few, do you? Yeah, I, 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 I like the Candy Kid. Uh, Candy Kid, I was on him last time at Newbury, they pulled miles clear at the finish, but uh, I don't know, I was a little bit disappointed. He's up six pounds, he's up in a deeper race now. This is quite a deep race. The one I was, um, the one I. The one I came down on, like I have to follow my figures and and sail away, but in such an impressive performance at air last year that it, it's very difficult for me to get away from him on the seasonal turn. Now, perhaps asking him to perform to the, the level he did there first time out is probably not wise, but the one thing I noticed about this race, there was a real lack of pace. And I'm hoping that they're going to go from the front again and try and repeat the tactics they, they did at air. To put it into perspective at air, he was 27 lengths faster on his final two-mile circuit than Maylistic and Alexia Denutz were. And to back it up, he was 27 lengths faster than Datsaroit Gino was as well. He was running over two miles forward. He was running over three miles. Now, his first circuit was slower, but to put in that sort of performance just marked him down as a real progressive horse for me. He has gone well fresh before. He likes sound of surface, and he just might get his own way out in front in this race. And, and if that's the case, I'm hoping he'll go very, very close off a of mark of 145. Uh, he's around, what is he, 11 to 2, I think. I think that's a fair enough price. In what he's like, Tony said, a deep race like Iron Bridge. He's got he, he's got a good chance. He's probably prepping for for uh, was it the Welsh National? I think he's entered in. But yeah, and just to mention that Houdini for Oliver Green or Josh Guerrero, he's double entered. I think his first preference is at Doncaster, so yeah. he's probably going to come out. Okay, so they're Dan expecting at Donny as well. Daryl thinking Sailor Way is a fair price. Yeah, eleven to two. And Ferrero Bamboo at a fair price for TC at seven to two. So they're happy with those prices currently. Do you want to throw anyone else into the mix? As the boys have said, plenty competitive enough. But yeah, I will. I'm starting to think Ferrero is just a bit tripless and a bit of a dog. You know, he, he came into a winning position effectively. He, he travelled best at Aintree, maybe just didn't get home. But then we've seen him run over two and get going all too late. Totally see the case off the same mark. Um, I was inclined to chance. Cal Philippe being ready to go first time out again. Um, he's prone to making mistakes, but to that end, I quite like the point that Daryl makes about the lack of pace. I can't imagine this is going to be brutally run and putting loads of pressure on his jumping, but he held his own despite often throwing in a complete shocker um, in good handicaps last season. First time out last year, that reads really well. I know Zanza wasn't running at Newbury, but he went on to win a graded race and he was 11 lengths clear with him at Weatherby first time out. He'll be ready and the handicap has kindly nipped him down another three pounds. Usual rider on. 
He's the one I'd have had short than he is. Love Iron Bridge as a horse, but I agree. He, he does not want two and a half miles. He wants. He is an absolute stayer, this horse. And I guess it is just a tune-up for something later on. Okay, before we go any further, just a heads up about the offers with Betfair on the Sportsbook this weekend. There's loads of extra place races and there's a variety of different offers out there. So please do check that out on the Betfair Sportsbook. But you must read the T's and C's and you must opt in for those offers. But go and check them out on the website. Dan, I will stick with you to discuss the long distance hurdle, the grade two over, of course, the three miles. We get to see some old favourites in here. But at the top of the market is Mary's Rock at eight to 11. Big weekend for Nikki Henderson on loads of levels. And this will be one of the first big bullets to fire. And of course, she comes in here with this, you know, she's making a seasonal reappearance last year. She seemed to really split opinion whether she wanted to go over this sort of trip or whether that was a bad decision. And she ran so well at Aintree against the mighty side of Burley. She's taking on here Dashley Drasher at three to one, Paisley Park at four to one. Been here, got the t-shirt many times before. Hugo's new horse, bigger price, 20s flight deck, bigger price at 33s as well. Um, I find this fascinating in terms of Mary's Rock's profile as a staying hurdler at this point in her career, Dan. Yeah, I know. Um, and I think she's going to take a lot of beating, really. Um, no bigger fan of Paisley Park down the years than me. But a bit like the stay and chase division in the weekend just gone, took hit after hit and left a really confused picture. Yeah. Weatherby's staying hurdle the other week, that West Yorkshire sort of did the same, didn't it? You had Dasher Drasher struggling to sort of get out of his own way late on. And a similar story with the the, the late time hill, as we found out later. Paisley Park has made this race his own, but on good to soft, soft in places ground, which has possibly still got a bit of frost crust on it. I can imagine Marie's Rock just having too many gears for him in a small field, potentially tactical race. Uh, but at 8 to 11, I won't back her. Happy to just watch this race. Yeah, I understand that angle completely. And and Daryl, do you feel much the same in terms of her on this ground and that the case hands made? Yeah, possibly. I just think there's so much blowout potential at the top of this market. Like, Ooh. Marie's right. Sometimes she can throw in the odd one, as we've seen, and, you know, just not be up for it. And on a seasonal return, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just wouldn't, I just don't trust her, and especially not odds on. Same applies with Dasha Drash and Paisley Park, to be quite honest with you. Like, it, it wouldn't be a betting race for me, but if you wanted to throw a few quid at Hugo's new horse, who, who is on the upgrade, he's got loads and loads to find. Of course he has, but... Um, if the three at the top of the market decide to, to, to throw in a, a wobbler, then, you know, this could be a good bit of placing from Paul. And uh, he's a progressive horse. He'll like the sound of surface. And I, I assume he'll stay all day because I think he's talking about him as like a future like Badger Beer type of horse. So, yeah, uh, Hugo's new horse, uh, speculative punt, if you like. Okay, so it's tentative betting angles from the boys, TC. Did you have a way to play it or is it yeah. more of a watching brief only for you? Yeah, the current exchange prices, I'm, I'll am i be all over Dashiell Drasher, currently 5.1. There's fours in the marketplace. Um, very simple, race fit. The other two principals are carrying £6 penalties. Um, it's, just, it's just price wrongly at 4 to 1, isn't it? Um, I'd be I'd be all over it with that. should mention the ground. I mean, like I said, I've, I've dealt with a few jockeys over the years, and they all make the point that when these frost covers come up, the ground can ride even though it might be officially good, good to soft, the ground can ride really, really testing and, and really dead. Um, so I thought I'd, a weather be yesterday. 
Like, you know, two-mile race, they didn't even go that quick, and they were properly walking up the running. Yeah, what did they did they have? I don't think it was a cross-covers thing. I just think it possibly is. I don't know if it's stickier the ground or whatever when there's been yeah. frost in it. I, I just think it, in, in these kind of circumstances, I think race fitness could be quite key. So I'm playing this two ways. I mean, I've, I'm going to back, well, I back Jassel Jassel at four to one. And if there's six stand their ground when the sports book go up, I really want to, I really want to kind of like be with flight deck without uh, Marie's Rock each way. So flight deck, you'll get two places in the each way market. Now, obviously they're not up yet, but I was, I thought it was a really, really good performance. Uh, you know, only tied late on in that attempt qualifier last time. Always threatened to be a good horse uh, with John Joe O'Neill. Very inconsistent, but, you know, recorded a really good time for a good chep so last year. I just, the, one firm are going 11 to 1 flight deck without um, without the favourite. If I can get 8 to 1 with a sports book without uh, each way, without uh, Marie's Rock, then I'll be more than happy to play flight deck each way without. But Dash will dash you at 4 to 1. On the currently on the exchange is the straight win bet, and I think it's a point too big. Okay, interesting way to play it then. Um, quick mention for the 335 at Newbury, we've got good racing on Saturday to get to this last race on Friday. Uh, it's the three mile handicap hurdle, and TC Ramo is Benicia Williams trained seven to two favorite currently for this. You've already tipped up Ferrero Bamboo. Do you think she's likely of a double here? Uh, I thought Highland was the most likely winner. Um, okay. Um, very progressive. You know, he, he is around about his price, isn't he? Uh, I'll wait till the exchange beat. I probably won't play until about 10 minutes before the off. I'll play on the exchange and it's Scandiburg. Only on the on only on the back of the fact he's running off 120. A couple of years ago, he finished a decent fifth off 142 in this race. Um, wouldn't have a clue how fit he'll be. Um, he is quite a moody, moody sort as well, but he's a kind of he's a kind of horse that'll trade about fifty odd just before the off on the exchange, given the profile. It's about twenty five top price fixed odds, but yeah, he's a win only, but only on the back of that. I mean, I wouldn't have a clue how how fit Charlotte Fuller would have would have him, um, and this is Charlotte Fuller's first uh, runner of the season, so it's a it's a guess up there. But I'd literally chuck about. I'd probably chuck a score at Scandiburg if I can get forty or more. Win only on the exchange. Okay, Scandiburg currently 33s on the sports book for what it's worth, but Highland getting a positive mention for TC. Over to you, Dan, for this last race on Friday. Yeah, I echo Tony's the first half of what he said that I mean, it's not often in a handicap I want him to back something that's already won two of them. But I do think, I don't think this is a strong race, frankly. I thought there were doubts about Lowe's, simply the bets of Spoiler Rome. Hurricane Harvey never liked him. He's lazy. Gentleman at Arms had a really hard race at Aintree. I thought there were loads of negatives with these, and there just isn't with Highland. He's fast improving. The way he's won the two handicaps, I think he raised his game definitely again when he went to Cheltenham to follow up from Warwick. I'd say that this could be a 140-plus horse in the making, the way he's going now, and that would be enough for me to make him favourite. Hold Jolie Smoke takes the eye to some extent. He's an unexposed handicapped debutant going up to the right trip, but he's he could have run in a lot lesser calibre races than this. He's got a mark of 118. He'd have probably won a 0 to 120. He's making his handicapped debut in a 0 to 145. I thought there was very, very little wrong with Highland. I thought, just look, that, that four to one, four places with the sportsbook Highland, 
Yeah. But you, you even if he's in the first foot, you know, his second third, yeah. foot, you're only going to lose a little bit of your money. That if that four to one is still there by the time this podcast goes out on on Thursday late afternoon, it's a very good each way bet. Island. You can barely one. find another horse, so you'd want to bat, have the place part of any bet running for you. Could you? Yeah, sure the, the four to one, the, the you know. It will be it must it's the top price out there and it will come under pressure. But yeah, the Force Highlands a point too big, isn't it? Yeah. Daryl LeBoy is very positive on Highland then for Nicky Henderson. Uh hard to get away from the cases that they've made for him. Have you got anything else other than him to throw into the mix? Yeah, I want, I want to take him on actually with Gentleman at Arms. Um I thought oh. it was a, a, a better race he won at Aintree last time with the headgear refitted. Uh, he was in the doldrums a bit last season, but he, he did reach up the mark of 143 as a, uh, as a stepping out of novice company. Uh, he stays all day. I think it was a hindrance to him that the, the, the hurdles were removed, really. I thought he tanked through the race. He was only asked under pressure inside the final uh, half furlong when he put uh, a Welsh national winner to bed. His only run here at Newbury came on the flat and he was a winner. Um, I think if the, if, if the ground's like Tony says and it gets tacky, I think he'll love it. I think he'll just stay all day. Uh, I think there's a lot of upside for him. I think they've got him back on track, and I think he's got to go close. Okay. Uh, currently 8-1 to one on the sports book uh, with Betfair. Right, Dan, let's move on to Saturday. Still very much hopeful this racing will, of course, be going ahead. Mm-hmm. And ITV's action kicks off with the 140 at Newbury. So over the middle distance, two miles, four and a half furlongs, another handicap hurdle. Uh, very competitive again. Jet-powered up at the top of the market at seven to two, had so much sort of hype around him um, when he made his hurdling debut, but we haven't seen him for nearly a year. He's obviously had his issues, but he comes back here making his handicap debut off a mark of one, three, one, seven to two, top of the market, taking on Uncle Bert, nine to two, get a tonic, five to one, Cobbler's Dream in there at seven to one, Ben Caseyard, Irish Hill, nines. It's like, are you with or against this jet powered off this mark and with this profile, having had this long break and so little experience? Yeah, you've you've sort of got to be hard one way or the other, haven't you, really? Um, I think I'm airing more towards keeping him on side just because, I mean, I'm not one for stable chatter, etc. But he's got a mark of 131 and he looked at least that when he made a successful hurdling debut. For me, though, it would probably be more saving material. I actually prefer Irish Hill with a run behind him. Really liked the way he went about it at Fakenham last season, that New Year's Day fixture, their most valuable race, and he turned it into a procession. Last two runs, he was off the boil, but the handicap has shown some lenience. He's got him back to one two nine now, and the day he won at Fakenham, he was off one two eight, and he won it in really good fashion. Um, again, I think there's a fair few I don't want to be with, but I don't think seven to two is a chronic price. I think plenty will. He's the sort of horse that everyone would say, well, how could you back that? But he's seven to two and he could be a 150 horse still. I don't think he's out of the question. All right, then. Uh, case made. Daryl, over to you. So it's same sort of question. It's based around whether you're with or against Jet Powered. Yeah, I'm definitely with him. I think one, three, oh. one. Like, there's only so much evidence the handicap has got. If you look mm. at the evidence he's got on all the other horses in this race and what he's got on Jet Powered, uh, you know, it's uncomparable, isn't it? He was a winner, obviously, and he's point to point and a very impressive style by eight lengths. The third in that race is a, is a 131 rated hurdler with Mark Fahey. Um, the second was a point to point winner. His Newbury form on the face of it doesn't look that strong, but the third was rated 117, one at Hereford beating 125 horse before he went to, to France. 
Um, and there's just plenty of reasons, like Tapley back and forth on that Newbury debut where he was so impressive. He's no mug. He's rated 116. He, he just never came anywhere near coming off the bridle in that in that race for me. And he just crossed the line in more, no more than a canter, really. Look, he, he bombed out the next time at Newbury, but I think it's a positive that we haven't seen him since then. Obviously, something was a miss that day. That wasn't yeah. his true running. So, for me, very limited evidence for the handicapper to go on. And... Like, surely this was touted as a supreme novice hurdle horse. I think the step up and trip's definitely going to suit him on the evidence of that debut run. Um, yeah, he was touted as a supreme horse. You'd like to think he's a good bit better than 131, surely. Um, I reckon SP could be two zero or something. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Whereas you probably could, like, if you look at this race, the horse that could have 10 pound in hand is surely there's only one, and that's jet powered mm. for me personally. TC, how do you think this market will look at the off then, given what the boys have just said? Possibly, because he's the kind of sexy kind of profile that lures people in, and he's already been back from 92 to 72. Um, Bare form of that Newbury win, you'd struggle to get him to 1-3-1. I don't know what the other two are talking about. I thought that was a woeful race. How would you struggle to get him to 1-2-1? One, one? He's beat a 1-17 one, by 16 lengths. 1-3-1. One, one. He's beat yeah. a 1-16 one, one radar. What, yeah, 16 lengths? Yeah, but the likes of Tapley's improved since. I mean, that, that, form's, that form's rubbish. It might be rubbish, but he's, there was no second to him, was there? He barely come off the bridle. Yeah, but... You can't knock well, him for the form in behind I can knock him. But look, the horse doesn't deserve one free one They've given it... They've given absolutely it I mean, the, the thing about this horse is... I mean, he was actually backed into five to one for the Supreme after that. And, like, people might be... People are reading too much into that. Now, he could well, he could well have plenty in hand here because he's, like, totally unexposed... And they obviously fought a fair bit of it. I mean, a lot of people were talking him up ridiculously off for the Supreme after that. Um, don't know why he's been off. Um, all the stable tours of Nicky Anderson, he's not he's not mentioning why. Um, yeah, he could go off two to one, but I wouldn't be in a mad rush to back him at seven to two. All right. Well, do you have a selection? Yeah, I'd, I'd give, I'd, I was very disappointed with the way my way travelled last time. Not surprised they put first time cheat pieces on. Went back and had a look at Sid Hosey's record with him. It's not great, but he put cheap pieces on Coupe de Pinso uh, when that won a few years back. Twelves, fourteens, one in the marketplace. I might chuck a few quid at Rock My Way, but um, can't really, can't really see a, a, a solid bet in the race. The old okay. thing about that Newbury race as well. No, Dan, we don't. Let's. Okay. <laughs> well. Okay. Was it a really valid point or not? Let him, let him, let him talk. Well, just the um, just the thing that trainers being creatures of habits and stuff, they often run their very good horse in the same races, don't they? And Hendo would be a good example of that. And he, that's the made that's the maiden hurdle that he introduced John Bonin, for instance, two years before. Is the maiden hurdle that he'd won about five times prior to that. He won it one year. Mm-hmm. Um, with Jenkins, who at the time looked very promising, he won it with Bouvardere. I don't think he's just running a horse that he thinks is one three one in that race. I mean, he's not he's not foolish. You've got to remember that race. Okay. It was they talk him up because he cost three hundred and fifty grand, and the the runner up in that race was a a point to point, and they paid three hundred and ten grand for, and that just disappointing badly. But it's all about opinions. I love I love a spicy little opinion on this show, and I want more of the same. Dan, 
for that interruption, you can go first on the Jerry Field. Is that please. punishment? How many t- uh, no, it's 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 a, a reward. It's a present, <laughs> yeah, a reward. Uh, how many times has Nicky Henderson won the Jerry Field in them? Because he currently has the eleven to ten favorite under control in here. James Bowen booked the ride on the JP horse, taking on Brentford Hope five to two, Hansard six to one, and Bad the horse who's had plenty of mentions on this show from myself and TC. We'll get to TC in a minute, but Dan, you can go first here. Yeah, this is one horse I couldn't make 11 to 10. Hendo has got an unbelievable record in this race, but I couldn't make a horse this short in a race of this depth and quality. He won at Sand on his final start. The second has come out and won the Great Wood, but the second was clearly the second string on that occasion and came from a long way back. I don't think he was seen to his very best. Um, big fan of Hansard generally. I've been waiting for him to run a handicap. I'll probably keep Brentford side on... Brentford Hope on side two, but he's five to two, Hansard sixes. And I'm convinced that this free going horse with Hulang claiming three for the first time will be much better in a handicap where bad is likely to be one of those that ensures a, a good gallop. Brentford Hope was unbelievably impressive. That was coming. Don't know why he couldn't do it in the Swinton when it was all over him, but such is life. Yeah, 11 to 10 make no appeal for me. Hansard six to one. And with a run behind him, I'd back him each way at that price. Okay. TC, I'm coming to you for the bad update. Are we with or against him this time? Under control. Uh, kind of horse I would even go near uh, a top price. No, bad. Oh, bad? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll come up. Well, okay. No, I find it. bad first. I'm looking for, I think, the top two will finish at the, at the, um, in the first two places, but I wouldn't touch them at the prices. But uh, yeah, bad. I'll be looking to back that horse each way without the front two. Um, I thought they did. I think he travelled really well into the race at Ascot. Got a bit tired, dropped it two pounds down to a mark of hundred and twenty. I could fully see the case for that. But you know, the front two could well just be a league apart from these, couldn't they? I mean, under control. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't back him at eleven to the top price eleven to eight. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't lay him because um, a certain epitome won this race of one hundred and thirty-seven. Um, and went on to win the champion hurdle two starts later. And okay, Daryl, last word on this race to you. Then you were very much with the last short price favourite. Are you with or against under control? Uh, oh, no, I haven't really got a strong opinion. I think it's quite a deep race. I do like her quite a lot, though. I do like her. I think she has the potential to be a graded mare. And uh, for that reason, I wouldn't want to take her on. I also like what Brentford Hope did at this track last day. Clocked a good number doing that. Uh, he could have more, any more, much more to come. Our oh, champ at a bigger price, if you put a line through that run and soft ground at Ascot last time, he looked very, very progressive at Cheltenham. I think it's a deep race, but I think I think under control could be very, very useful. So 11 to 10 is not for me. I'm just going to stick there. Just, just okay. No, no, angle. no, TC. No, we're moving right, on. If you don't want people to know about the pace angle, you crack on. They can come <laughs> to you directly on Twitter. On we go to the Coral Gold Cup handicap chase. No Big opinion. Feature. No opinion. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Big feature race of the day: three miles, two furlongs, and TC. Because I've just shot you down there i'll let you have first stab at this if you like the betting currently goes like this marla mission six to one monbeg genius six to one complete unknown in their seven Stumptown over a mile and eight to one as is of course the favorite marla mission midnight river tens ahoy senor at 12 surely he's got to be interesting remastered up eight pounds from coming second last time 12 to one stolen silver in there at 12 those are your first few in this 
market. 20 runners, nice big field as we would want and expect. No superstar TC, but it is wide open and I want a valid and strong case for something at a decent price here. Okay. Um, first thing to say, six places. So you're getting plenty of bang for your buck each way. Uh, I'm not going to go through the top four in the market because they've, they've all got their negatives and all got their positives. Um, yeah. If you're backing Marla Mission at sixes, you need your head wobbling. That'll be that'll be a bit of a drifter given the stable modern form. Uh, no, the one I really like is Twig, 18, six places each way. Um, you know, I, I, I can't believe why it's such a big price. I mean, there's 22s around as well, but with the six places, 18s, it's... Is more than happy to do that. Ran a really, really good race last time. The Ben Pauling back in the ground went against him, but um he still traded odds on. Uh, they, he's upped him three pounds from that, but I was I was really taken by that. I mean, the winner was one of these De Bromhead horses who's every time they come under pressure at Cheltenham, they seem to get a rocket inserted up their ass. So um uh, you know, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't decry him that 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 um that defeat. And I've got a theory about uh, Twig. Um I don't think he gets home at Cheltenham. He's he's finished. He's run three times at Cheltenham. Finished second three times. Been traded massive odds on all three times. I think he traded one hundred and seven the time before at Cheltenham. So, I think this this track will suit him a lot better. I think he's really progressive. Our people people are very reactive to that second, and just missed him here. If it does ride decent, um, then obviously he's a good ground horse as well. I don't know what Pauline was on about at Cheltenham last time. It was only good soft and time form back that up as well. But if it is okay. a little bit better than that, yeah, I really like him. I, I think uh, the way he travels into his races, um, yeah, I like that. Hopefully, well done for branching out with Swig there, mate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and look at that as well. I asked for a strong and valid case, and TC has delivered an 18 to one shot with Twig. Fair play. Case well made. Dan, can you beat that? Well, the one I. Similar price. The one I thought was most overs, perhaps, is Gar Law. Right off run at Weatherby. He's not a hurdler. He's a chaser. Um, after winning a very, very strong renewal scene of French Dynamite of the of the Paddy Power. Isn't his first last... preference Newcastle? Yeah, but between you and me, I think Newcastle's a million. Um, <laughs> so I reckon he will. I reckon he will be up. Can you go on to the Betfair uh, World Racing Go Ahead market and put up a thousand, please? I'll... My my in-laws are from the northeast, and they're ridiculously hard people up there. I mean, I'm a complete coward when I, I go visiting, <laughs> but even they, I think even they would struggle to cope with temperatures we're expecting. But I might be wrong. But if he does, if they do redirect him, I'm happy to back him. Um, might have won the Sky by, but he was still finding plenty. He's only two pounds higher now and I think the fitting of cheap pieces are perfect on a horse who can you know just race behind it a bit um, amongst the market leaders I'm definitely giving Mombag Genius another chance though uh, he's the price he is because of an apparently poor return but he walked through a fence and I can't believe for a second as we were saying when we were previewing this on racing only better before Ascot can't believe for a second that that was his priority um, he represents probably the strongest handicap staying handicap chase form we've seen in the last half decade courtesy of that ultimate where he was a place behind a grand national winner and fast or slow the three of them were well clear and he was backed heavily on the day like the new was well in so yeah i could easily see him being uh, very well backed and rolling back the years remember cloth cap 
lagging up in this for John Joe. Mm. So we've got a vote for Twig, a vote for Garlor, and a vote for Monbeg Genius at six to one. That's the sort of damn preference at, at a shorter price, Daryl. Who else are you going to throw into the mix to confuse the racing only better audience? <laughs> well, I quite, I quite want to. Oh, I definitely want to be against the top of the market. Um, oh. I think a lot of their them, them horses are, are cases are built on it, on races running defeat rather than what they've actually achieved. I'm going to chance Dusart. I quite, I actually quite like him for this. Um, I've got a theory about Dusart that he just hates Cheltenham. Um, he, he's run there three times or four times, and it, it's just been abysmal every single time. So outside of Cheltenham, he's, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. I'll give you some form figures if you want. Brought down one, one, three, one. This has obviously been his aim, but for me, he's one of the only horses in the race that's actually beat something that's gone up in the ratings. Whereas a lot of those at the top of the market, they've been behind good horses. They haven't beaten any good horses. The horse I'm talking about is Sounds Rushing that he beat at air. And he battled back really strongly at the finish and was very comfortably on the line. Sounds Russian obviously went out next time in a road America at Weatherby and ran an excellent race off a mark of 157. He's then gone and given a horse in your something to think about when beating one and a half lengths in the um, in the grade two uh, Cotswold chase when only in receipt of three pounds. I know Dusart was in that race and he disappointed, but again, it, it was at Cheltenham. And I just think there's so much upside to this eight-year-old for Nicky Henderson. I just think he's so likely raced after nine starts. Uh, three of those, obviously, are, I'm, I'm dismissing because they were at Cheltenham. And I just think he's on the upgrade. He was travelling extremely strongly in the Scottish National in first-time cheap pieces when brought down, no fault of his own. I just think there's a lot more to come from him. He beat Sail Away uh, at Leicester uh, last year on, on his seasonal return. So he goes well fresh. And Sail Away is obviously a 145-rated horse. He jumped violently out to the left that day on a right-handed track. He wants to go left-handed. He hasn't had that many tries. I think there's lots of upside to, to Nicky Henderson's Dusart. So that would be the case for him. Okay, check that out. Lots of strong and valid cases made. Four different horses then. Dusart 16 to 1 for the Coral Gold Cup. Right, last race at Newbury before we cover the two big races up at Newcastle, which are a million to go ahead. Uh, the 325 at Newbury back to the two mile, uh, well, half a furlong trip for the handicap chase. Master Chu is your two to one favourite for Nigel Twist and Davis, Sam Twist and Davis. Um, Real Stone next at 11 to four. Elixir the Nuts, the old boy at five to one off the back of that Olden Gold Cup win. Um, those are your top three. Daryl, I will stick with you here, please. Yeah, I keep getting annoyed because Master Chu, he's not being missed in any of these markets. He was 11 to 10 last time at Aintree. Um, <laughs> But he's now two to one here, so it's frustrating. I, I'm he not has been that. missed. He should be two to one on. <laughs> well, yeah, whoa, but, whoa. but I was oh, ho just... I was hoping they were they were going to sort of miss him. Like the, the the figure he did at Aintree, right at the, in October on his seasonal turn was on his chase debut was brilliant. He was twenty lengths faster from the top of the straight to the line than the winner of the old Rowan. The old Rowan didn't jump any fences. Like it was remarkably good performance. He put in another decent performance behind Jello at uh, Aintree next time. For me, I think he's well handicapped. I think he's a 145-plus horse. So I wanted three to one. Uh, I know he's he's twos with us. I think he's by far the most likely winner. I respect the likes of uh, excitations at a bigger price. Harry Harry Cobden was on the Russian Doyen, but he's now not. Um, I thought Real Stone is the second favourite. I thought that race at Haydock completely fell apart. So I thought he looked much better than, than what he actually was that day. It was an atrocious race. It completely fell apart. So Master Chewy, for me, he's the best handicapped horse in the race. I think he's going the right way. 
Daryl wanted three to one. He's sad because he hasn't got what he wanted here. Who sang that song about you can't always get what you want? That's the that's well, the song. Stones, isn't it? Oh, that's it. Well done, TC. Uh, essentially, Daryl just got to take the two to one if you like him. Surely, uh, TC, did you find this as hard to get away from the top of the market as Daryl has? Um, well, he should take the twos because he's just that's a sports book top price. It's short of six to four elsewhere. Uh, wouldn't be for me. Um, no, I, I was going to waffle on, but no, 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 no real bet. No bet, no bet race. What about you, Dan? Is it bet race or no bet race? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I do agree it fell apart the Haydock race, but I did think Real Stone was extremely good, certainly jumping wise. But he's gone up eight, and conditions will be. The condition will be similar, but it's more to the point that he's going to be tested slightly more, I think, in a properly run race where Elixir Denuts is going to try and do what he did so expertly in the Halden Gold Cup. What a great ride I thought that was from... Talk about riding a horse the right way from the kid. He was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it all sets up for Master Chewy. I think he'd have won the entry race convincingly if they jumped all fences. Showed loads of promise last season didn't and wasn't seen his races out fully, but a classic strong travelling two-mile horse over hurdles who is excelling now he's gone over fences and I uh, like Daryl. I just do not think one three seven will be anywhere near the ceiling of his ability. Um, he could have been coming here on the back of a decisive win and had gone up nine, but the fences weren't there. So they'll all be there yeah. hopefully at Newbury if the meeting goes ahead. In which case, none will be there. Well, that is very true. Yeah, right. Let's move up to Newcastle then. We've got two races to cover there. Of course, one of them is the grade one on Saturday in the UK, which is the fighting fifth hurdle over the two miles. And we get to hopefully see the reappearance of Constitution Hill, who is currently one to six to win the race again, as he did last year, pick up this season where he left off last season, basically looking and being unbeatable, essentially, specifically over the two miles. He is taking on Love Envoy at 13 to 2. You wear it well, 14 to 1. Not so sleepy, 20 to 1. And Benston at 66s. That is your full field. And there's loads of specials floating around here. So all around Constitution Hill. But for a collective winning distance of his races this season in the 2023 2024 National Hunt season, the winning distance being oh, 50 lengths or more is 5 to 4. 100 lengths or more is 16 to 1. And 75 lengths or more is 5 to 2. So that's his collective winning distances this season. And then there's various different specials about him winning the Fighting Fifth and the 2024 Champion Hurdle. That's 4 to 6. Constitution Hill to win the Fighting Fifth, 2024 Champion Hurdle. And the 2025 Champion Hurdle is 5 to 2. And there's others as well. So... TC, unless unless you've got anything other to say than Constitution Hill just wins, do we like? Do we have to give this race any more time? Uh, I'm going to put Constitution Hill in a double, one to six, uh, with uh, a thousand uh, million of the meeting to go to head. So uh, <laughs> you're going to you're going to owe me about. I'll have a quid on Dan, and you're going to owe me about one point <laughs> one six million. Nice, good business. I like it. No, I was going to have a pop because I read it wrong. I read it that Constitution Hill to win that race by more than four to uh, five to four to win by more than fifty lengths. So I was going to have so the yeah. odds compilers, but good job you clarify that before <laughs> bad joking that would have been totally wrong. Yeah, sorry, it is it is collective 
winning distances for the whole season. Those prices, uh, Daryl. Any other way to play it other than constitute? And I'm not. I'm not being dismissive about this race. It's just that we're on a tipping show. So if you're not going to tip anything else, then we'll move on. Yeah, move on. Yeah, happy yeah. to move on. Dan, what about you? Anything else to add around the fighting fifth? Nope. Wow. Okay, that was simple, and that'll get loads of abuse. But we will, of course, be talking about the race endlessly and Constitution Hill on Wavin on Monday. So stay tuned for that. The other Newcastle race, the other Newcastle race that is being shown on ITV on Saturday is, of course, the rehearsal handicap chase. And this is where, with what a curveball this is, Shishkin, six to four at the top market, have not started at Ascot last weekend. You know the story by now, and now he's in here. Empire Steel at 7-2, to two, Elvis Mail at 13-2, Bill Baxter in there at 15-2, to two, and Garlor in there, as we've discussed. Now, this is a dirty, dirty special from Betfair. You've read this one right, TC. Shishkin to refuse to race in the 3.05 at Newcastle is 3-1. to one. Do you want a bit of that? Uh... Yeah, you back that, and then you just back him to win, don't you? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Nice. What about refuse to race and to win? Um, I don't think if he starts, he can possibly. I don't think if he starts, he'll. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Uh, I wouldn't lay three to one, no. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Confusing. Uh, I was. Who wins I, it then? I had a hospital appointment this morning. I was in the waiting room. I was waiting for the prices to come up for this race. And um, I think they must block the Wi-Fi in this hospital I was at because uh, uh, someone said to me, someone texted me and said, a wave of the seas opened up at 18 to 1 in a place and it was only nines with the sports book. So I was I was trying to get online. I couldn't get hold of it. And it's now 14s. And oh, I think the sports book are right to duck a wave of the sea. Um, got a lot of time for Ben Haslam. Uh, as as um, JP Moranis, by the looks of it, giving him giving him horses. Yeah. I think it's a legacy of because apparently his old Ben Haslam's old man Patrick Haslam was absolutely mustered when he laid one out. So JP must uh, King Revo at Cheltenham. Yeah, must uh, must own a few. I, I like the angle of him. You know the the trainer switch here. Obviously, had very very good form with, when with Joseph O'Brien. Um, I just thought if there was one to to upset Shishkin, um, it could well be a wave of the sea. I, you know, the the uh, you know the the Jack Hogan's um, on that, so I don't think he's a stable second string because he's got a very good record for the stable. He's, I think he's six from twenty. He's had out of the other fourteen, I think four were second, three were third. So I think I think wave of the sea is definitely the stable string and. You know, it's obviously not an each-way race because you've got three horses double-entered in here. Mm. If Newbury's on, then obviously you're looking mm. at two places. But, uh, yeah, a wave of the sea. Um, I think I think the 14s, which will probably be replicated on the exchange, is a very fair, fair, fair price. And if you want to be quite cute about it, maybe maybe back in without Shishkin as well, uh, doubling up there. So, yeah, a wave of the sea for me, but uh, clearly don't okay. be back in each way. So, Dan, then, you're basically saying, it. obviously, if Shishkin jumps, he wins. If he jumps off, he wins. So, does he jump off? Um, I don't know, but I'll take threes just in case. Um, yeah, I, these, I see a lot of these handicappers he's running up against. And the Galar angle for me was each way in 
the old Hennessy. So that's removed, as Tony's saying, because Bill Baxter, for one, will be going to Newbury if it's on. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's no each way angle. We see time and time, like these northern horses that I see, Empire Steel, thoroughly likable. Chindler me loss in flattering circumstances at Kelso. I think he will reverse form with Elvis Mail. I thought he shaped really well for a long way, but this is Shishkin. I mean, this is this is possibly the best day in chaser in trading still, based on the way he tore tore up the entry running to beat um to beat a high senor in his backyard. So one we're obviously not gonna back him at six to four because I'd rather take I think I'd rather take four to five after he started. <laughs> Well, you can effectively do that, can't you? You can back him at six to four and the freeze not to, to refuse. Yeah, so, within reason. I'm not sure what the limits will be on that market, obviously. Uh, Daryl, how are you playing this race? Last word to you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just going to watch it with, with interest to see the chick right. pieces have come off Shishkin. Uh, this yeah, I saw now. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, all eyes will be on Shishkin at the start of this race. I'm just quite interested to see, hear what Tony said about Ben Haslam because I can't be the only one that sits there and thinks that when a horse has moved to Ben Haslam, they've been relegated. And that's nothing against Ben Hasdam. It's just the way it's been over the years that they go there at the twilights of their career or to try and spark them up. But it's just interesting that you mentioned that about being laid out for one. Um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just going to see how Shishkin gets on. Um, okay. I think Dan, Dan, you'll be watching this one. Yeah, with, uh, with your, with your, with your, I always, view, your I always view the switch to Hasdam as a positive. He's very good training. He's 19% this season. I think he's, yeah, nothing against well him. Right. I just think it's a well, it's, it's like a well sort of spoken about thing that you go, oh, it'd be like, there's a lot of comments that go, oh, it'd be with Haslam next. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he, I he tends to get yeah. down the weight, steady, steadies the ship, gets them back into form gradually, and then they can go on a roll, can't they? Like, Arthur's yeah, key and okay, stuff. let's, let's not wrap up the show talking about Ben Haslam. Let's have your naps instead, please. So, TC, I'm going to come to you first, please, for your nap of, can be Friday or Saturday? Uh, twig, each way, or win and place, however we're playing it. But yes. obviously, there's six places with a sports book in the big one is very, very attractive. But Twig is my uh, nap of the weekend. It's the one I've had the biggest bet on anyway, so far. Brilliant. Okay, Daryl, your nap, please. Uh, jet, I'm torn between Jetpad and Dusart. I'm going to go Dusart because he's the bigger price and he's sixth place on the sports book. It's very fair. Fair cop. Okay. And Dan, you're not. Well, I'm torn between Master Chewy and Hansard and in the belief that Master Chewy is probably going to go off more like five to four. Um, and we've judged at Betfair SP. I'll go with Hansard. All right. Look, boys, thank you very much. Listeners and viewers out there, don't forget Sportsbook offers this weekend and extra places. All of that information available to you on the Betfair website. So go and check it out. But please do opt in and please do it responsibly. Gamble responsibly all weekend. Have a good one. Enjoy it. I hope the racing is on. And join us again on Monday when we will be back with Wade in to discuss all of this and more. <laughs> <laughs>